your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. Ramsey gets the snap, looks, holds, sets, throws, pass, picked off, intercepted by Miles Farmer, racing down the near sideline, 10-5, bumped out of bounds by Ramsey, inside the 10-yard line, Miles Farmer's second INT of the game, and the Huskers in the red zone with a chance to grab the lead. Oh, baby. Sports Nightly is presented by the NDOT Highway Safety Office, who reminds you to buckle up and put the phone down. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. Well, for those of you that have been wanting college football to expand the playoff, you are about to get your wish. A major step today with a committee recommending the playoff go to a 12-team field that will include six at-large bids. How about that? Welcome to another edition of Sports Sunny here on the Husker Sports Hour. I hope you had a great day today. A steamy one out there today. My goodness. We came, at least in Lincoln, here within a few clicks of the century mark here on June the 10th. It was a hot one in the old town today. Uh, hope you're t- taking care of yourself. If you have a job that requires you to be outdoors, be sure to be uh, pouring some liquids in you throughout the day. We want you to be safe and be able to listen in on Sports Nightly here on a regular basis. All right, coming up on the show tonight, going to talk to Jason Jorgensen from our great affiliate KRVN a little bit later on in the hour. Jason called uh, the Shrine Bowl on radio the other day out in Kearney. We'll get his take about what he saw. There were some future Huskers that played in that game, his take on that, and just how that went. That was another hot night, too, and they played that game a couple of days ago. So we'll get a recap of that from Jason. Hour number two. They're going to start serving beer and wine at Iowa Athletic Events. Scott Docterman of The Athletic, who covers the Hawkeyes, is going to join us. And what does that mean for Nebraska? Does that ratchet the pressure up on Nebraska to do the same thing with their border rivals? Now doing it at places like Kinnick Stadium and Carver Hawkeye and some of their venues over in Iowa City. So we'll get Scott's take on that. Seven on seven, which includes turnaround Thursday. So Ben and I get to ask the boys in the control room a couple of the topics for the night. Looking forward to that. And I'm really, and I mean really, looking forward to the face-off tonight. It's Ben, Tim. This is this is perfect, beautiful. Josh and I have been corresponding throughout the day, making sure we have the right questions for these two gentlemen. We'll have some fun with that coming up in the third hour and our Flix Pick segment headed your way tonight as well. What's been on everybody's screens? We'll get into that. And we want to hear from you, 531-500-4686. That's the number to dot us up with a comment or a question. Well, a uh, college football working group, Formally recommended today, expanding what's been a four-team playoff field since 2014 to after the 2023 season to go to 12. All of the Power Five conferences would get their champion in. They would automatically be in. Um, they, the top four conference champions would get by, so they would not play the first round. Five would play 12, six would play 11, you you know. If you just go to your NCAA bracket, tournament bracket for hoops, that's how it would line up. The quarterfinals would be played at bowl sites. They did not specify what games those would be. That would take place New Year's Day, New Year's weekend, that, that type of thing. And it has not yet been determined when semifinals and the national championship would be played, although the lead of this group, which is Bob Bowlesby, the Big 12 commissioner, was asked about campus sites, and he made some 
clip quip about, well, I don't think anybody would want to be playing in East Lansing in January. So kind of poo-pooed the thought of maybe having some campus sites for that. But Ben McLaughlin, six automatic bids, uh, or six at-large bids would uh, and then the power of the best team from the non-Power 5 conferences, the, the group of five, would get an automatic spot. So some years it might be Boise. Some years it could be, oh, heck, this year might have been Coastal Carolina. I mean, that, that, so they'll get a spot, and then you'll have the at-larges to fill this thing out. Um, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I also kind of feel like it's coming. It's like it's a boulder going downhill. It's not going to stop. Uh, and I think we're going to have a, a 12-team playoff here in two years. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely trending that way. Um, and I think the uh, you know the the whole idea of you know expanding this thing it it, it started really early on. I think it started uh, you know the after the, maybe the first year or two. Um, you know, the year that the Big 12 was left out, I think it was Baylor and TCU um, okay. that finished outside the top four. That's That was really the first time we're like, okay, wow. I mean, I, I feel like this is going to happen um, at some point. And, and here it is. You know, the Big 12 tried to do what they needed to do to, to make sure that um, that wasn't going to happen again, that they were going to implement the, the proper policies to get to that point. And unfortunately for them, um, you know, that – you know, it that didn't end up mattering because here we are just a few years later. And, um, you know, I, I just, I, there are a lot of parts to this that I'm just not a fan of. And the biggest thing is I, we, we talked about this the other night is first of all, this wasn't even like a thing until the sec got involved. Right. I mean, the sec, they start clamoring. Yeah. You know, we think this should expand because we think we could get more teams in. Um, then, you know, then what we normally would for an 18 playoff and they would be like, yeah, okay. So let's get, let's get, so of those six at, at large, at larges, they, they think they're going to get probably half, if not more so. Yeah. So yeah. it clearly benefits them there. And, you know, the easy way to look at this on the surface is to say, okay, well, the SEC's happy and the non-power fives are going to be happy because they'll get taken care of. So it's a win-win for everybody. You know, I, I think we're starting to take away from what, you know, the college football that I fell in love with as a kid and, you know, the college football that you grew up with and a lot of our fans grew up with was you lose on a Saturday, your season's in jeopardy of playing for a national championship. Now now all those rivalries, those big games are not going to feel close to as meaningful because you could lose two or three times in a regular season and still find your way in this playoff. That's my biggest gripe with it the whole time is it really diminishes the regular season it diminishes watching uh, an Alabama versus an Auburn, watching a Texas A&M versus an LSU, or a Georgia versus a Florida, because they're probably going to end up getting rematched later on in the season anyway. So I, I kind of feel like the regular season of college football, we're going to be you know skip wanting to skip pages of the regular season to get to the end, which is what we do so often with March Madness. You know, let's just see what happens. Same way with baseball. Let's just see what regional we get in. And it really diminishes the regular season. And that, that, among a lot of other reasons, is why I'm not really for this. It's just ironic and funny to me that as soon as the SEC goes, hey, we could benefit from this. This is something we could get behind. Now all of a sudden, the, what was it? we've been talking playoff expansion for, what, four years? And then the SEC 
you know, kind of signs off on this, and what, 24, 48 hours later, this, this comes down <laughs> as a recommendation? It's insane. You're right, though. I mean, you've had conferences, the Pac-12 recently, the Big 12 at, at, at times have been left out. They didn't get in because of the only four. You have five Power 5 conferences. Somebody gets left out every year. So those conferences are going, well, good. At least our champion's going to be a part of this deal, and here we go. How much do you think this – they've had the current format of four for seven years. How much do you think – in a negative way, has it hurt the sport that only four programs have won it in seven years? You've, Ohio State's got one. LSU's got one. Bama's won it three times, and Clemson's won it twice. Those are the only four programs that have won this thing in seven years. And the argument for the expanding is like, well, this is going to get more teams a, a chance and the ability to win it. And maybe we, maybe over the next seven years we have six champions instead of just four champions over seven years. I do think that plays into it to a certain degree, but also, I, and I brought the, two other things. Well, I brought this up last night. We're not talking about how many guys are going to opt out of this thing. If you're if you're team number five and you have to play three more games maybe on your season and you've got two or three first-round guys on your roster who are going to go, wait, wait, wait a minute. You want me to put my body on the line three more times? I got the draft in four months. I'm not doing that. I, I think you're going to have a lot of opt-outs and it's going to water it down. And then – what what are the bulls? Do the bulls lose luster? Not 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 the top tiers because they're going to be worked into this thing. The orange, the rose, they're going to get worked into this deal. But do the rest of them kind of go by the wayside? Do people even care if you make a, a you get to the holiday bowl or you get to the Alamo Bowl or one of those bowl games? Are they going to even? I mean, are, are fans' appetite for traveling and going and supporting their teams in those bowl games? Are they going to have that with a 12-team team? I don't know, and I don't think the people that are making these decisions know that either. Well, and you're, think about all the games that you're adding for these players to play, right? I mean, so let, here's a perfect exap, example. Let's. Everyone was mad that Cincinnati didn't get a shot, right? I mean, I think they were kind of the, the big example this last year um, of, of a team that, that they thought maybe deserved a shot in, the, in this playoff. So they match up in, in this scenario – and Brett McMurphy put this tweet out about three hours ago. So the whole idea is to give these guys a chance, right? Just look at this structure and tell me how much of a chance Cincinnati would have because all these games would play in consecutive weeks, right? So they're in the first-round game, and since they're the eighth seed, they get to host Georgia. So they at least get a game at their home stadium, at Nippert Stadium. Um, that's a game that they're probably not favored to win, and let's just say they get by them. They beat Georgia at home. Now you're having to go play Alabama at their place or, you know, wherever they decide that this, that this is going to happen. I'm assuming these are going to be home sites. Um, you know, so, that, so you beat Georgia. Now you got to go play Alabama. Assuming you get by Alabama, then you're in the semifinals. It's like they have a chance, but do they? Like, you know what I mean? Like not only do you have to play a really good team in the first round – you got to go on the road to a team that didn't play the week before and play them again. And assuming you beat that, you got to do the same thing all over again and against an even better opponent. Like, I, th this entire thing is, is ridiculous to me how fast and how, you know, people just assume that, you know, on paper, this looks really good. You know, we, we take care of everybody. We got Coastal Carolina in this thing. They're going to play Notre Dame. We got Cincinnati in this thing. They're taken care of. Uh, we got three more SEC teams in there. We got Texas A&M. We got Florida. We got Georgia in there. Uh, meanwhile, you know, we still have the top four. 
Those top four are already given a huge advantage because they don't play the week before. And, you know, their path to the national championships much easier. I I don't know. I, I, I feel like there's a lot of oversight on this thing. And, you know, at some point we're going to expand it even more and even more and even more. The bowl game thing really bothers me how none of those are going to matter anymore. You know, the I'm sorry, but Boise State, Cincinnati, you know, the old TCUs, BYU this year, they're – they're never going to win a national championship. They're just not, you know, I, I, the, this, this path to a national title is too tough for them to do that. And, you know, it, Hey, but Hey, I guess they at least get, they get to play a game, right? They get to go, they get to go prove how good they are by playing these first round games. I just, they're going to be insurmountable underdogs and every coastal Carolina playing Notre Dame this year. What would that point spread be? 24 and a half points somewhere around there. But yeah, Hey, at least, at least they got their chance. Well, some people say that, that college football doesn't have that Cinderella effect that's so great in March Madness, and we love about March Madness, but I think it's comparing apples to oranges. Brett McMurphy, who you just alluded to, uh, just put out a tweet that based on this format, if we had had it in place in 2014 when the four-teamer came up, the, the league with the most teams that would have had teams in it, bids in it, would be the Big Ten with 20 the SEC would be right behind them at 19, the Big 12 with 12, the ACC to back 12 with 11, the American Athletic Conference, which would have been South, Central Florida with uh, Scott Frost and that staff. They would have been one of those teams that would have gotten in Cincinnati that you mentioned. Notre Dame would have only been it in three times. The MAC would have got a bid. Mountain West would have got a bid. The Sun Belt would have got a bid, and that Sun Belt would be that Coastal Carolina team that you referenced there. That's Brett McMurphy doing some pretty good research, really, uh, putting that out there about this is what would it have been if we if, if we would have gone to this in 2014. This is what each conference's breakout would have looked like. This past weekend out in Kearney, the 63rd Shrine Bowl took place, the North against the South, and Jason Jorgensen had the radio call of it. He's with our great affiliate KRVN out in Lexington. He joins us tonight. Good evening, Jason. How are you? Not too bad, Greg. Just trying to stay cool like everybody else. No kidding. It was a scorcher today. How how were the conditions Saturday in Kearney? It was toasty. Thankfully, they had chosen long ago to have a night game. I think kickoff temperature was about 90. Uh, there was a bit of a breeze from the south. Uh, it could have been worse. But it was a warm Shrine Bowl, but you play football in June, and that could happen. The first year they actually had the Shrine Bowl in Kearney, it was about 55 that day with a 40-mile-an-hour wind. So hmm. you, you just never know. It's a roll of the dice. Well, you sure saw a defensive slugfest, right? 10-3, the final, the North prevails in that. What stood out to you, and were there any future Huskers that played in the game that maybe our folks would be interested in? Well, it turned out to be a good old-fashioned slobber knocker of a Shrine Bowl, <laughs> 10-3. You know, if you go back through the history of this game, there's there's been more games like that than there's been you know, offensive shootouts. But I think a lot of folks showed up on Saturday and they wanted to see a Husker walk-on kicker, Kellen Meyer, out of board. He, he's an interesting story. He's a really good athlete. He's a kid that played four different sports in high school. He's got big-time leg. And he didn't have the best night on Saturday. He, he was one for three on field goals. They tried a 57-yarder, and the snap wasn't very good. But he hit a 31-yarder. Both of his touchbacks look really good. His PAT, he just about kicked out of the stadium. And the coaches last week for the North just raved on him on how good of a camp he had. 
He had a 55-yarder last week in practice. And and Kellen has said he, he's been told by the Nebraska coaches that he has a chance to come in uh, this fall as a walk-on and be in contention to be the, the starting kickoff guy for the Huskers. I, I don't know if that happens, but the potential is there with his leg. Some, someday down the road, I think Husker fans are going to see Kellen Meyer kicking the football for the Huskers. Well, that's exciting. And, and you know, Carney is, is no stranger to Husker kickers. Brett Maher was from there and had a terrific career with Nebraska and then into the NFL for a handful of years. So those folks have seen quality kickers in the past. Anybody else stand out to you that caught your eyes? And it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody coming to Nebraska. I know there were some of the kids that are going on to play college football other places. Uh, Cole Payton from Westside. Yep. He had an electrifying 75-yard run. Now, he didn't put up the best stats on Saturday, but just watching that kid warm up in the in the 75-yard run that he had, he, he's got a nice enough arm. If I'm North Dakota State, I'm really excited to have him head in that direction. I did the Shrine Bowl uh, oh, several years ago when Easton Stick played in it, and, and Cole has those type of skills. I That's another kid down the road keep an eye on especially going to north dakota state where they've done a pretty good job with that position i wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being a really good college football player another one of the walk-ons for the huskers was tavion thompson he's he's a big rangy kid six four 200 pounds out of lincoln southeast he had a catch he dropped a couple that he probably wouldn't make but i can certainly see why nebraska has to be excited about him coming on as a walk-on there's a guy who could play a lot of different positions for the Huskers, and he's got good speed. He was one of the better athletes out on the field, even though he probably didn't have his best night. Visiting again with Jason Jorgensen from our great affiliate KRVN. He also doubles up as the voice of the Lopers of UNK. And Matt Carney does such a great job, don't they, Jason, putting on that event? And the stadium's a perfect size, I think, for the Shrine Bowl. Just talk about the relationship between the Shriners and the, and the city and community of Kearney. Well, they really had to come together because it was eight years ago that the NCAA passed that rule that you couldn't have all-star games at Division One locations. And I understand, you know, the thought behind that rule. But what it did, it, it cost states like Nebraska being able to hold the Shrine Bowl, you know, at their top Division One institution. So the, the Shriners were looking for a place to hold the game. Carney stepped forward. They've had it the last eight years. You're right. It, it's been a really good association between those two organizations. This was the first time that they played the game at night. Thankfully, they did. Crowd was okay. 3,500 to, to 4,000 would be my guess. But you have to factor in, too. It was pretty warm. And you have the Nebraska-Arkansas baseball game that everybody was excited about starting at 8. But they had a, they had a really good, solid game. Again, it wasn't the most exciting, but still it was a well-played football game, especially for an all-star game. And there's so many other things that go into this game beside the game, and Carney's a great host for it. Jason, I want to get into a, another topic with you. It was announced today the University of Iowa is going to go to beer and wine sales at their uh, their athletic facilities. You make your way around the MIAA at UNK. Are you seeing beer wine sales at the Division II level? And, and, and you've been around the state a long time. Obviously, the pressure is going to be continue to ratchet up on Nebraska officials to do it for Husker events. What's your what's been your experience on that? And what's what's your audience out there say about the potential maybe for one day having beer and wine at, at Memorial Stadium or Pinnacle Bank Arena for Husker events? 
I think it's a boulder that's running down the mountain that you're not going to be able to stop. Because if you see everyone else doing it, and you know there's potential there for that income, you're going to do it. I, I think, you know, it's not if, it's when. Now, I haven't really seen it that much at the MIAA uh, level in the actual stadium. Now, you see big-time, big-time um, parting and tailgating it, you know, in Maryville, Missouri, with Northwest Missouri, with what they're having. It's an all-day party in Pittsburgh, Kansas, at Pittsburgh State. That's almost like a a mini Lincoln, if you will. So I, I think it's edging that way. Does it eventually filter down to D2? Probably, probably down the road. You know, I, I can see it either way, but it's that slippery slope. Once it starts, you got you almost have to do it to catch up, I think, and to stay with everybody else. Well, you're in contact with so many great Husker fans out in that part of the state. Do, do they talk about this much? Is it is it a big topic? It certain, certainly seems to be getting a lot more top talk here in Lincoln. What about out in your part of the state? I, I really haven't heard that many people talk about it to, to, uh, to be truthful about it. But then you see it, you know, kind of pop up on, on social media and you see the stories today about Iowa. And I think most people are probably okay with it. Uh, personally, I'd be okay if they didn't do it. I get it if they didn't do it, but I think that's where we're at 2021, especially with people trying to make up revenues that they lost from last year due to the pandemic. Yeah, that to me, that's when I that's the first thing I thought of when I saw Iowa make the announcement today. That was a, a an athletic department that that whacked four sports last year because of the the budget restraints that the pandemic put on them. And was this a way to for them to try to gain some of that revenue back? Probably. And, and schools across the country are certainly faced with I think the same question marks as they roll uh, into twenty twenty one slash twenty twenty two. Jason, great to catch up. You going to get some downtime here in the summer now the Shrine Bowl's behind you. I hope so. A little bit of Legion baseball coming up and then start some prep for the football season. I'm glad there's a Big Ten football media days coming up. I know you guys will be there. I'm looking forward to that. And I, I, I'm i glad and I hope I will be in the room when reporters get a chance to ask Commissioner Kevin Warren some pointed questions. That will be must-see TV. Do you think he'll show up? <laughs> he's got to, doesn't he? I, 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 he he's got to. <laughs> I would think so. Jason, great to catch up. Thank you so much for mm-hmm. making some time for us tonight. Enjoy your summer. You too, Greg. Adios. I'm Josh Shelkman. Your state. Your team. Your show. This is Sports Nightly. Xavier bats in motion. He gets the flip on the jet motion. There he goes. 40, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Xavier Betts. Sports Nightly is presented by the NDOT Highway Safety Office, who reminds you to buckle up and put the phone down. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. Here we are back for hour number two of our Thursday night show. Going to talk with Scott Docterman of The Athletic. He covers the Iowa Hawkeyes. They had a major announcement earlier today about opening the spigot. At Kinnick Stadium, Carver Hawkeye to Wayne Banks Field for beer and wine coming in the upcoming year. We'll talk to him about that and some other things as well about Iowa athletics as we're into the summer months now of college sports. We'll go seven on seven, and it's going to be great to have Brett as part of this. This is Brett's favorite thing to do every year. 
So glad to get Brett involved in a seven-on-seven, so we'll have that for you tonight. It's Thursday, so it's turnaround Thursday, so Ben and I get to ask the guys back there a couple of things. So looking forward to uh, doing that here in a few minutes. And we'll have some open phones later on in the hour as well at 531-500-4686. Call or text if you want to fire off a text. You're doing that on our U.S. Cellular text line. Proud to be the official wireless sponsor of the Huskers, U.S. Cellular Connecting Husker Nation. Super regional play in college baseball starts tomorrow. Four of the regionals get going. The other four will join the fray on Saturday. It's a best of three. The eight winners make their way to Omaha for the CWS, which will start a week from Saturday. Let's head uh, over and talk some Iowa Hawkeye news, and none better to do that than Scott Docterman of The Athletic. Scott, how you doing? How's your summer been so far? So far, so good. Can't really complain. You know, we're we're talking about football and other sports in June, like uh, unlike a year ago when we were wondering mm. if they'd even play. And of course, that was nine months ago as well. Absolutely, man. It seems seems crazy that that was all all we talked about uh, back in June was are we going to even have a college football season? Major news by the University of Iowa today announcing that they are going to. Uh, expand beer and wine sales at their facilities, which will include Kinnick Stadium and Carver Hawkeye. Was this expected? Was this controversial? What was what was uh, kind of the uh, the story outside of this today? Yeah, it, it was a little bit uh, expected. I think uh, you know they began selling those uh, selling alcohol, beer, and, and wine anyway, and in the luxury suites in 2006, and that expanded to a different section of Kinnick Stadium in 2018 uh, when they redid it. So I thought this was the next step. There, ha- it had been under discussion over the last. Uh, Oh, I would say, uh, you know, last couple of years, last year with the pandemic, that kind of, you know, put it on freeze. But I think you look at a couple of aspects. One, this is something that people have really kind of wanted and it was going to be on its way. And two, I think with the pandemic and the amount of money Iowa lost last year, that this was, you know, kind of a quick way to to get uh, probably a million and a half to two million dollars per year for, uh, you know, whether it's a football, basketball, wrestling, uh, baseball, softball. So, so uh, yeah, this is this is all going to happen starting this uh, fall. And they're not alone. They, they, there's seven other Big Ten schools that, that already do it. So it's not like Iowa is breaking ground here. And, and Nebraska is still holding out, and certainly it's, it's caused a topic over here. Will the Huskers follow suit with this thing? Uh, was there any, is there any pushback? Have you heard any pushback today with this announcement from the school? Not really. And uh, now if this would have happened 10 years ago, it would have been significant yeah. because Iowa had a, just a major binge drinking problem on campus. Uh, it was voted five straight years, either the number one or number two party school in the country by the by Princeton Review. So I think it, it, it garnered that reputation and it was significant. However, there have been enough steps cut in the right direction. And uh, again, being able to put it in a different part of the stadium, um, in 2018, kind of dipped the toe in the water, and the water may have been cold at first, but then it became a little more lukewarm as uh, as they had their feet in there. So I, I think right now it's, it's not as significant of a, of a blowback as you, they would have had in, say, 2010 when it would have been major. Visiting with Scott Docterman of The Athletic here on Sports Nightly. Well, some major news today. It looks like we're headed to a 12-team playoff 
Um, is that how you read it? What do the Iowa people think of expanding college football's playoff? Are they in favor of this? What? What's what? How do you read the tea leaves there? I think so. I think the people who look at it could say that this is going to be better for the sport, for for Iowa potentially, for the Big Ten because now uh, we we what we've seen with the playoff is that. Four teams are happy in early December, and a lot of teams are disappointed. And now you're making 12 teams happy in some respects. Now you're going to see the tiers, which are, hey, you know, we're fighting for a bye. Hey, we're fighting for a home game. And, hey, we just want to get in. But at the same time, if you're the Big Ten West team and you lose to Ohio State and Indianapolis, now you still have a chance to get to the playoff. Or if you're, uh, you know, even if you win, or if you're, let's say there's a two-way tie atop uh, the East or the West or, or whatever the Big Ten decides to do, uh, now you have an opportunity to get to a playoff. And it's, every game matters, but the, the other part is I think this is, enhances the regular season unlike the, the, the previous structure, and that is let's say uh, that final weekend of football, let's say either Iowa or Wisconsin has a chance to go on to the playoff, or at least get to Indianapolis, but those rivalry games with Iowa and Nebraska and Minnesota and with Wisconsin, they matter because an upset there may end up not only – you know, keeping a team out of Indianapolis, but it may keep a team out of the playoffs and ultimately change kind of who makes into the playoffs around the country. So there's going to be a lot more people watching. So I think this actually could be a better development for the sport than what we've seen over the last seven years. You know, I tend to agree with that. I think it's going to ratchet up interest in college football in November because so many teams are going to feel like they still have a shot to get in and correct me if I'm wrong but Iowa had that undefeated team a couple years ago lost to Michigan State in Indianapolis well in that's in this scenario they'd have been in right they'd have been in the play clearly they would have been in the playoff absolutely yeah they would have been the number five seed yeah and over the last 20 20 or so years they would have had three maybe even four teams that would have been whether they would have gotten in or been very very close to it so so it does matter here and it, and it would matter in nebraska certainly um in the early 2000s and and i i just i like the the way this is going down because the bulls have kind of been devalued and then you look at uh just how um just, just all the issues, I think, you know, when you lose a, a Big Ten championship game and then you go play in the Peach Bowl, there's just not as, it's just not as enticing. And we saw last year with so many opt-outs that those bowl games um, are increasingly becoming irrelevant um, you know, and almost consolation prizes. And I don't think that's the way college football wants to go. So it allows those big bowls to be part of this process and also uh, you know, make those games matter. Whereas, you know, in last year we saw like Florida lose like his entire receiving core before playing, uh, I think it was Oklahoma. Again, visiting with Scott Docterman of The Athletic. I want to switch gears and, and ask you a quick basketball question. I know Jordan Bohannon got, what, attacked coming out of a, a pub a few weeks ago. What, what was the story there and how is he? Uh, he's doing okay. He had some stitches in the back of his head. And, um, you know, it was kind of some sort of a disagreement at a bar. And uh, there was some video of it. And he got hit kind of from the side, didn't see it coming, and, you know, hit his head on the floor and uh, ended up with some stitches and, and uh, ended up in the hospital briefly. So, uh, But I guess he's back. He's fine. He's, he's back in practice. So, uh, there hasn't been any kind of charges or anything, so I don't know if this is just going to kind of go away or if uh, they're still under investigation. 
Mm, crazy, scary stuff. Scott, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. I, I thought of you when I saw this today. I know you and Mitch Sherman just uh, posted a podcast, didn't you, about some college football chatter here in early June. Oh, yeah, yeah. We talked a lot. In fact, we talked a lot about Nebraska. I thought it was really – he did a really good job, and uh, we're just trying to kind of feed the beast these days. And uh, there's, <laughs> so there's a lot of, uh, a lot of good uh, rhetoric going on, and I, I really enjoyed my time with Mitch. Very good. Well, folks need to go listen to that. Go download that and listen to that. Scott, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Stay uh, stay cool. All right. You too. Thank you. There he is, Scott Docterman of The Athletic with us here on our Sports Nightly Hotline, brought to you by the Woodhouse Auto Family, bringing you more choices in brands, locations, and service. Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence. This is Woodhouse. All right. When we come back, oh, boy, seven on sevens next. You're listening to Sports Nightly, presented by the NDOT Highway Safety Office, who remind you to buckle up and put the phone down. This is the Husker Sports Network. They say nothing in life is free. Well, we're here to tell you they're wrong. Because when you switch to U.S. Cellular, you can get the latest 5G phones for free with no hidden requirements. Yes, you heard that right. The Samsung Galaxy S20 FE or the Google Pixel 5 for free with no hidden requirements. As in zip, zilch, zero. And the best part is 5G is included on all plans. So go ahead, make the upgrade to 5G today. U.S. Cellular. Terms and conditions apply. See store uscellular.com for details. In spring 2020, when the world went remote, we stayed connected. Nebraska really gave me the tools that I needed. My hat's off to, to all the professors at, at UNL. The University of Nebraska-Lincoln's focus on student and faculty connection sets us apart. To experience the community, the togetherness, a bond that people, when I go to other states, they just don't understand it. To see the power of our Husker connections, visit one-to-one.unl.edu. Nebraskans are making chiropractic their treatment of choice for better health. Why chiropractic? Because it is safe, drug-free, and a cost-effective treatment option for back and joint pain. Plus, all generations can benefit from natural chiropractic care. Choose chiropractic first, for pain relief or to improve your mobility, athletic performance, or overall wellness. Make chiropractic your first choice for better health. Find a chiropractic physician near you at nebraskachiropractic.org. Get your life back with chiropractic. Go where the summer leads you during this season of Discovery sales event at Woodhouse Mazda. With a full lineup of CUVs, we are sure to have one for you. From the 2021 Mazda CX-30 to the family-friendly Mazda CX-9, our sales staff is here to help find the perfect model for you. With a suite of features, you can expect more with Mazda at a price that is good for you. Test drive one today at one of our two convenient Woodhouse Mazda locations in Bellevue or Omaha. Or shop online today. This is the Husker Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. You're listening to Sports Nightly. Over 6 million Americans meet the criteria for gambling addiction, and many more are affected by gambling problems. Problem gambling is a serious condition. With help, problem gamblers can improve their lives. If you or someone you love has a gambling problem, call Choices Treatment Center at 402-476-2300 or the Nebraska Gamblers Assistance Program at 1-833-238-6837. Help is free, so call today. 
Six years ago, my life changed for the better when I found that a union contractor was hiring electricians. I'm currently learning valuable skills in an industry where job security is not a concern. With all the work and opportunities in Omaha currently, I don't have to worry about taking care of myself or my family. It was worth going through the career change. I love where I'm at now, and I'm excited for what lies ahead. Power your future with Building Omaha. To apply, visit buildingomaha.org. That's buildingomaha.org. Still waiting for your stimulus check? Don't wait for the government. Get the SOS stimulus package right now. For a limited time, get $2,000 off a qualifying York system. York products are all proudly made in the USA. Call SOS, a trustworthy company since 1950. SOS is a family-owned third-generation company. Get you and the loved ones comfortable again with... It's summer. The Huskers are sharpening their skills with seven-on-seven drills. We're keeping Greg and Ben in shape during the off-season with some seven-on-seven of our own. Seven topics. A seven-nation army couldn't hold me back. From sports. From Manning, seven touchdown passes. To pop culture. I never joke about my work, 007. It's time to go seven-on-seven on Sports Nightly. Well, we have not one, but two special treats tonight. One, we're joined by the elusive Brett Whitty. He's on the Ooh, air with us tonight. Oh, and and it's Turnaround Thursday. Yeah. Wow. Even more exciting. This, could, this has potentially the greatest segment we've ever done. I don't <laughs> think that there's any argument. Uh, okay. All right. Well, let's uh, jump in and... Uh, we start with a little NBA. The Phoenix Suns blasted the Denver Nuggets 123-98 to last night to take a 2-0 lead in that series. This is kind of a two-parter. First, Nuggets head coach Michael Malone called out his team, saying that they quit in last night's game and that he might have a hard time filling out his lineup the rest of the series with guys who won't be quitters. So are Whoa. you guys okay with this coaching method, or do you mm. think that coaches should avoid calling out their players in public? risky isn't it i mean that it could blow up in your face the players could just say heck with you i'm done especially or this time you, of or, year or you like the uh, a match right. I, I i would lean more that i think this is way too risky to do it in the playoffs sure yeah you want to pull this out in uh january go for it um yeah that doesn't seem seem like the best strategy but hey we'll we'll see how it pays off cotton right we'll see what happens all right that that was part one part two to this involves denver as well their star center nikola Jokic, who is the nba mvp this season named that a couple of days ago uh people have been bringing up on social media the past couple of days the fact that Jokic was drafted during a Taco Bell commercial back in 2014. So it, he was a late round pick, I think, a, or a late pick, 41 overall, I believe. And so his pick was announced during a Taco Bell commercial. So if you guys were a late round pick in really any league and were going to be selected during a commercial, what would that commercial be? <laughs> oh, God. What would you forever want to be synonymous with? There are two that immediately jump to mind. Okay. One... Give me that Sandals Resort commercial oh, sure. with uh, with Bill Medley's. I've had the time of my life playing in the background. <laughs> yeah, maybe a Good. maybe a Michael Scott, um, you know, <laughs> shot in the background. Yeah, All sure. The second one is that FedEx commercial when. You know, like they're all super sarcastic in the office, and they're like, you know, they're getting ready for a meeting or whatever, and they're 
talking about how each individual in the office is going to ruin something. <laughs> yeah. And it's yep. like, hey, hey, uh, Steve, can you fold under pressure for me? Like a lawn chair. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that one going in the background, too. All right. Perfect. Well, I can think of a lot that I wouldn't want to happen. Right. Like the, the, the gal from the AT&T spots that was all over March Madness. My oh, gosh, God. like every break had her. I, I wouldn't want that. I love the sandals thing. I was kind of thinking of the... Um, the one in the Bahamas where the you know the, the water slide they're coming down, that, that one would Atlantis. be kind of cool. Yeah. Atlantis, that's it. Thanks, Brett. Atlantis, yeah, that one that one would be kind of cool. Jack, probably think of a lot more that I would right. want to be on than well, I could that I yeah. want one. And I mean, like, the, it's not that the, the one that was going on when Jokic was drafted was that terrible or anything, but it's just it's Taco Bell, and that's what he's associated with. So, <laughs> I mean, there are worse things to be associated right, with. Right? Exactly. Taco Bell. No, it's not a it's not a terrible thing. There could yeah, a lot. A lot ben and I crushed some TB down in Arkansas. Wow! Well done. Right. Well done. Husker Sports Network baseball radio crew tradition. After yeah. every big win, you go crush yourself some T Bell. Love it. Nice. Like it or not. Thrifty. All right, uh, from the NBA, we head over to the NFL. Russell Wilson spoke to reporters today for the first time since February amidst speculation that Wilson might want out of Seattle. However, Wilson stated today that he has intentions of staying with the Seahawks despite there being quote-unquote unfortunate frustrations after last season. Wilson will be heading into his 10th season with Seattle if the two parties do not part. So do you guys think that this is the best move for Wilson and the Seahawks, or do you see either party benefiting more from a breakup I think they haven't uh, just found a deal yet that doesn't sound like a ringing endorsement to me um, you know we've how many coaches you know have said this is where I want to be I have no desire to go anywhere else Very true. And then four Dude, days later boom Lane, they're the new, new head coach to somewhere else Lane Kiffin yeah. is your main primary so yeah I'm not buying yeah. that I think that's a bunch of malarkey from Dangerous Wilson Dangerous Dangerous <laughs> I, I th- they're going to get it worked out. He, uh, you know, he, he's made noise. I think he's, I think he's a little jealous how much Aaron Rodgers has been in the headlines for the last couple of months because of his deal. Uh, but I do think that there's a little bit of a rub. Man, I can't believe it when you said he's been there ten years. That just blows my mind thinking that he's been there yeah. ten years. I, they're going to get. They'll get it figured out. He's too much of the face of the franchise. They'll they'll get it figured out. This is the time of year that these guys all start playing poker, right? I mean, they're sitting there and, okay, I'm going to bluff here. you got to tell me if I've got a royal flush or not in my hand or a full house or a pair of jacks or whatever it is. So they'll get it worked out. I kind of hope that neither of – you mentioned uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, too. I hope that neither of those quarterbacks come back. I kind of want them to both go to new places. Yeah, (laughs) both of them. That would be kind of fun because I I don't like either team, but I don't – I don't hate either of those quarterbacks either. I would kind of be interested to see how they do in a, a fresh setting. I, did, I don't like the Green Bay fan base for the most part, and I don't like Pete Carroll as the head coach of the Seahawks. So I would be fine with fresh starts for both of those guys. All right, topic number three. Earlier today, it was reported that Brisbane, Australia, is expected to be named as the newest host of the Summer Olympics. We already know that Paris yeah, and that? Los Angeles are hosting in 2024 and 28, so this would be the 2032 host. Jeez. So if you guys could pick any city in the world to host the Olympics, where would it be? And you could wow. pick one that already has happened. I guess you could also just come at it from the aspect of if you could go to an Olympics in any city, where would that be? 
Does the infrastructure have to be there? No, it doesn't. Okay. You know, I, I've been to Barcelona and really liked it, and I know they hosted the Dream Team in 92. Sure. That was a great place to be. <clears throat> but I would, I think I'd like to have it in Greece and, and go to go visit Greece. I think that'd be a really cool trip. Been there. Awesome. So we get to go to the Olympics? Yes, you or? get to go there. So it's a, yeah, okay. we, I, I just added that twist right now. So if you would... If you could put the Olympics in any city and get to go there and watch it, where would that good, be? Good late ad. That's a good late ad. That's a big-time ad right there. <laughs> yep. um, man. See, like, my original thought was, like, L.A., and I would like, you know, like, I would, so I could go there. But since you threw no, the you're getting a free ticket. There, I know. The, that's what I'm saying. I yeah. completely changed my <laughs> ticket to Iceland. Greece is pretty dang good, to be honest with you. That's, that's a big-time yeah, you, um, the historical aspect of that. Yeah, one. there's a lot of history going on there. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, obviously, you know, like, a Japan would be fun, but I don't know that that would be... I would want more historical context than that, I yeah. guess. Brett's um, a world traveler. I was just going to say, yeah. What? Brett, you're a world traveler. What are, what's your opinion? I, Weigh in. I really, I really <laughs> like the 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 Greece pick, um, but also Barcelona is also an interesting one. I think they and you have to build almost no infrastructure if you I, go to Barcelona. I want to go to Iceland. How about that? Let's even though I know that they probably would have a hard time having, like Brett said, the infrastructure to host an Olympics. I would still love to visit there and is watch. Is it Olympics. Iceland like really cheap to get flights it there? Is. Yep. <clears throat> It's not too I bad. Have been, I've been told by numerous travel agent people that that's one of their favorite places in the world. Yeah. Iceland? Iceland. Yep. Yeah. So let's look up and see how much a flight to Iceland is. All right. Yeah. Victoria has been there, and she loved it. So I, oh, yeah. I would love to go there. It's beautiful. Greg, when, when, when was, like, the wheelhouse to go? Like, I'm thinking, like, three, four uh, weeks. That's probably when the best plane well, tickets yeah, are, right? Yeah. I mean, or, or during the winter when you can see the northern lights and stuff. Well, I'm just saying, I, like, if well, just to look up what it would cost. Obviously, Mondays well, are, like, the cheapest. I was going to say, the Olympics, typically, if you're looking for the actual Olympic time, you'd be going at, in you know, July, late July, early August. Couldn't they host wow. the winter games? Maybe? They could. That's true. I, I guess it depends on what time of year you're looking at. How do you say Iceland's capital? Rick, Reykjavik. 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 You're just going to go see Thor, aren't you? You're just going to go over there Maybe. and hoop it <laughs> up with him. I may as well if I'm there. Yeah, that's true. The two dates I punched in were in like three weeks. You can get round trip for 800 bucks. All right. No what? Way. Wow. More, we're going. That's super cheap. <laughs> I think we should all go together in three weeks. Let's go. <laughs> Tim's out. Host our own Tim's the, done. We can't even get Tim to agree to go to like a dinner with all of us. I know. We're all trying to. Yeah, I can't do that. Everybody's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I can't do that. <laughs> Tim, always, always putting the kibosh on things, no matter what it is. He's oh, well. a party killer. He is. He is. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Jeez, just slandering. All right, we're just gonna move on to a little back to the NFL topic here. Cowboys quarterback Des- Dak Prescott has left his sponsor Adidas. For the Jordan brand, it was reported earlier today the deal with Jordan is for five years and comes just three months after Prescott inked a four-year, $160 million extension with the Cowboys, uh, which I think would mean that he is fairly financially secure at this point. So on the note of sponsorships, which brand throughout history at any point in time in history would you guys choose to sign with if you had the chance? It has to be a shoe company? Can be any any sponsor. Athletic apparel, athlete, yeah. Athletic apparel. Yeah. Actually, it doesn't even have to be athletic apparel. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be weird if you chose someone he wasn't, but. 
Hmm. Don't throw a Gucci our way, but... I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe we should change this one late and be like... How about, how about this one? Yeah, go for Give it. Give me Tidelist for as many golf balls as I lose okay. when I play yeah, golf. Okay. That's, I mean, that's a solid that way, one, though. That way I'm not, you know, if paying I, a ridiculous amount of money for golf balls yeah, every year. True. If Good I was point. on the two... And I'd have way nicer clubs than I need. <laughs> I like it. Um... You get free clubs. A lot of perks for that one. I like that one. Yeah. I know you know Ben's breaking a lot. When I was when I was uh, playing basketball in my high school days, Converse was just the really big mm -hmm. one. You know, yeah. these like black high Chuck tops Taylors. that everybody thought Chuck Taylor's yes, love it. that they would wear. I think it would be kind of cool to go retro. Give me some of those. Yeah, yeah. that's that's a weird thing. I was thinking like starter back in the nineties. Uh -huh. Yeah, NFL. that was big. That was big. Starter jacket. Yep. The old Reebok Everybody had was one. big back then. Reebok had a, a run that was pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. No, those are good. Yeah, it's kind of fun to think about throughout history, too, because there's some that have come and gone. And Yeah. So. No New stuff. Balance fans out there? <laughs> All right. Hey, don't sleep on New Balance baseball shoes. I think they look they good. They somehow got they the do. sponsorship yeah. to Liverpool a few years yeah. ago, but wow. I think that's coming hmm. up soon. Kind of random. All right, topic number five, our last topic back here in the control room. This past Sunday, a car crashed in Idaho, and the, the family that was inside were okay, but a dog named Tilly was ejected through the back window. The Tilly was also uninjured, but she was scared and ran away. A search didn't yield any results for a couple of days, but she was eventually found on a farm. She was herding sheep. She's a border <laughs> collie and a red healer mix, so she no was right way. at home doing what, what she wanted to do. So if you guys could do anything in the world as a profession, what would it be? Wow. That is pretty dang cool. I know. It's awesome. That's hilarious. She was just, you know, she was... She's two years old, so she had, you know, been with this family all her life and finally got out, found some sheep, and w went and was herding them. She'd I would love to be like a, like in another life, like some type of, I don't want to say promoter, but like, like, an, like an entertainment investigator type scenario for like a big casino in Las Vegas. Okay. You know, where you like... Hmm. You, you host different events, you go to, you know, all these conferences or whatever, and you could, like, you know, do golf tournaments, you could do, um, you know, watch parties for the Super Bowl, you you know, any any big event that you could put, like a, a, a promoter maybe? I don't know how you how would label sure. it, but like something that. for, like, a hot shot casino in yeah. Vegas, I think, yeah. would be, just be a riot. Like nice. an event coordinator, but it'd be, like, on a high level. Yeah. 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 I nice. mean, the easy answer is call Husker football there and you baseball, go. right? I mean, that's a, uh, if I wasn't doing that, I, I've always thought it'd be pretty cool to, like, have my own little pub, like, in Key West or something okay. and just run a pub. Cool. Yeah. Have a fun time. Welcome tourists every day. Kick back. Walk out in the sun. Yeah. Kind of. It's kind of like what Kevin from The Office ended up doing. He bought his own bar. Yeah. and like Yeah. After Dwight fired him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I love it. That's awesome. Dwight. It was cold, ruthless. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's our turn, isn't it? It is. Who's going first? Time to turn it right I around on him. Turn it around. All right, this past weekend was the major battle between Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather. Oh, yeah. People paid money for this thing. <laughs> now, the people have slowed down action from the fight and oh, noticed yeah. right toward the end of one round that it looked like Floyd held up Paul <laughs> from falling to the canvas oh, no. so that the fight could finish its full thing. One, would you feel cheated yeah. if you had paid money for that? Or two, 
have you paid money for some <laughs> event and felt cheated for something that you purchased to go see? 100% I would feel cheated, but also you have to have some level of knowledge going into that that it's probably not going to be a, a you know, straight-up boxing match. Um, I, I personally watched the stream on a, on a, a stream that... <laughs> wasn't secondary illegal it was it was a secondary stream and so <laughs> but even then i felt cheated out of my time so so yeah i did not watch it i would have yes definitely 100 percent would have been felt cheated out of my money if i had seen that but i'm trying to rack my brain to think if there's anything that i've paid for that i didn't get my money's worth and i would say that for the most part i feel like pretty much all the sporting events that i've gone to throughout my life i feel like i get my money's worth and entertainment at least so i yeah concerts whatever i feel like i usually come away feeling pretty good about it and i I don't buy a lot of things like like one-time pay-per-view type things online either so nobody's walked out of a movie or a concert yeah yeah. i mean yeah there's movies that you walk out of where you're like "Eh, man i should not have paid i've been to a couple concerts where the lead singer is sick Oh yeah! Like I yeah. saw my my favorite band play at PBA not that long ago, and they sang all their really big songs like in the first five songs, and then mm-hmm. the lead singer kind of like let everybody else do it. Which I was glad they still played. I mean, yeah. having it canceled is even worse. But True. by the way, can I interrupt with some breaking news? Uh-oh. Yeah. Giannis was just called for the 10 second violation. Oh, of the free throw line. you were just talking about that last night, right? <laughs> they just called him on it. Yep. Wow. Oh, just happened. So now, yeah, that, and that's at, this is in Milwaukee, so they, yes. Geez, they had like a 20-point lead, and now it's a three-point game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Turning around oh, on so, Sorry to interrupt you. No, you're so, good. You're, you're good. I Yeah, I can't really think of anything, though, even like that, like a movie or anything. I, I feel like I'm very easily satisfied with the things that I end up doing. Plus, I... I also feel like I do a decent job of researching things that I go to, too. Like, if there's a bad movie, I'm probably not going to go to it because I've heard enough bad things. Check the Rotten Tomatoes. The one that uh, jumps out to me is my dad made me a pretty big boxing fan when I was little, and he was super jacked up to watch the Tyson-Holyfield fight. Mm -hmm. And I, of course, wasn't awake for it. um, They were all mad because, you know, the fight ended with uh, Tyson biting his ear off. And so they, you know, they felt like he got cheated the next day, and I I'll, heard about I'd it. I'll take that. You know? I'll take deal. that ending. All right, my turn, I Your guess, Your turn, right? Ben. Go. Woo. All right. Kevin Pillar uh, was at bat yeah. the other night, and he showed up to the at-bat with uh, playing for the Mets showed up to the at-bat with the same bat that he used when he got hit in the face yep. um, and shattered his face pretty much, <laughs> like bloody. Shane Bieber style of SNBL. The bat is still covered in blood. He used the same bat. Oh, he hit two home runs with it. So that prompted my question of what is, like, the toughest moment, photo, yeah. video, clip, whatever, that you can remember of an athlete that you thought, Whoa! I thought you were going to ask for our toughest moments as athletes, but <laughs> we scraping the bottom. Well, of the I don't think there's a lot of. I think our our, our peak athleticism no, is, uh, no. you know, what? prior to teenage years, which when I that, think disqualified us all. When right. that comes to mind for me uh, right away is Bo Jackson cracking the bat over his head. Yeah, we're walking off from a strikeout. I think. Yeah, I'm trying to think. It's a good question, though. 
players ripping their jerseys open. I can't think of a specific one, but well, I mean, how, how did Rocky put up with that uh, punishment well, from Apollo Creed yeah. in that first fight? I mean, man, I was gonna say Kurt Gibson hitting the home run and limping around the bases yeah. like that. I mean, obviously it was more. He didn't have to do much after he hit the home run, but he was barely had one leg to stand on. J.J. Watt. Yeah. Yeah, his, he uh, always helmet. has. Yep, that's a good picture. Toughness. No, that's a good LeBron suck, sucking up his broken shoulder the other night and oh. finishing the game. <laughs> Stop. Well, getting poked in the Stop. eyes and seeing three rims. And yeah. you, there are players like Brett Favre who just get pounded into the ground and for an entire game, but every time would get up and... Yeah. Hey, Efri Cervantes. Oh, there you go. Who is really that? recent. That's a name. <laughs> Playing the last three innings with a yeah. no, that was grapefruit t- hanging from his jaw. Right. Yikes. That was good. Those are good ones. Well done. Turn around Thursday. How about that, guys? Turned it right around on we, them. We did. Woo-hoo. You did. Good stuff. It's time for face-off. Let's go. Mano a mano. You, me, right here, right now. Now, here are your hosts, Greg Sharp and Josh Elkeman. Yeah, that's right. It is Tim and Ben, the matchup we've all been waiting for. Greg and I hosting, and Brett Witte is providing color commentary, I guess, nice. as, as he wishes. So we'll, we'll see how this all turns out. How's everybody feeling here? I feel is great. No delay. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't feel the best. I'm obviously <laughs> dealing with that nonsense, <laughs> but um, I, f- I feel good. No delay for me this week. Yeah. Um, just got to make sure there's no cheating on Tim's end. There's right. There's no one there to, to oh. keep an eye on him. I'm a man of integrity. How dare you, sir? Already already off on a wrong note. I'm already being accused of uh, <laughs> cheating. But you said it's a matchup that everyone's been waiting for. Uh, I, I certainly haven't been one of them. I, I have not oh. been waiting for this. But Why, Tim? Uh, <laughs> I have my reasons. You don't want to give the people what they want? I have my reasons. <laughs> I, I'm normally gone. My only fond memory of the face-off is when I... I beat Austin, and he was absolutely devastated. I look on his face. <laughs> he was. I'll never get over that. He was that distraught. Was, he texted. He texted us afterwards, <laughs> and was just like he couldn't believe it. <laughs> Anyways, Greg, what do you? How are you? Uh, how would you grade our questions this week? Fantastic. My excitement level is off the charts for yeah. this one tonight. <laughs> I don't blame and you, t- honestly. And Tim, the suspicion for you, you're from the Tom Brady school of com- competition. Yeah. There has to be suspicion. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm not from the Tom Brady school of success, <laughs> though. So it's, fun- it's funny the noise that comes out of Tim's mouth post buy sell or post these segments, but pre, pre, not the same guy. Not the same guy. Jekyll and Hyde. We'll see. All right. Yes, we shall see. Well, let's jump in without any further ado. Question number one. Who were the five starters for Nebraska women's basketball during the 2009-10 undefeated regular season? Ben in confidently. Kelsey Griffin. Show me Kelsey Griffin. That's a hard one. (laughs) (laughs) So hard you didn't get it first. (laughs) Why could Uh, I? I'm waiting to steal. I'm, I'm going to play. Go All right, play Ben's playing. Ben's playing. Corey Montgomery. Show me Corey Montgomery. By the way, can I just point out, Ben did technically buzz in before the question was even done. Yeah, that's right, fine. So. They just stopped, they stopped reading. They just yeah, stopped reading the question. Right. Fair enough. All right. Let's keep you in your toes. Thank you. Vonnie Turner. Show me Vonnie Turner. 
Three for three so far, two left. Uh, how about Dominique Kelly? How about Dominique Kelly? Yeah. This is really impressive. Jeez. Can you get the fifth one, though? Okay, I worked that season. Right. Uh, I, I produced that season. So but Tim also why. helped produce a podcast that was true. about that season. So How about uh, Jess Periago? Show me Jessica Periago. No, she was not a starter. In fact, I don't remember if she was on that team or not. She might have been, but not a starter. Um... Hmm. Hmm. Brad, are Lindsay you working Moore? the timer for us? Yeah, Brett's working the timer. <laughs> Need that Brooklyn Nets timer there. Lindsay Moore. Show me Lindsay Moore. Yeah. She was a freshman wow. that year. Yeah. So you Jeez. nailed that category. Well done. Five well, for that's five. Impressive. Well, now, Josh, I did change the number. It just isn't in our list, okay, All right. on this one? Yep, we, right. we're good. Okay, question two. Larry Jacobson became the 11th football player to be elected to the Nebraska Hall of Fame. Name six of the other ten. Ben. Ben. Oh, Eric Crouch. How about Eric Crouch? <laughs> yep, he was a... Remember the 2020 class that's going to be honored this fall because he didn't get honored last year. So, yep, there you go. Player pass. I'm going to go ahead and play this one. Okay. Johnny the Jet Rogers. How about Johnny Rogers? <laughs> Boom. Two of the Ma ten. Mike Rogier. How about Mike Rogier? Okay. Take the it's, it's a long list. I have to double check and make sure, but <laughs> you're free for No three. strikes. Trev Alberts. How about Trev Alberts? Oh, really? Mm, no go. Okay. First strike. Will Shields. How about Will Shields? Very good. So you've got four of the six. Tommy Frazier. Give me Tommy Frazier. Mm. I know. Got to be careful. This uh, Hall of Fame was created not that long ago, so it's, I mean, there's some big names that are missing on here. Um, so you got two strikes. You need two more names. Yeah. Man. Put your um, thinking cap on there, Tim. I know. I'm not, well, the worst <laughs> part now is I'm trying to decide offense or defense. Sure. Going by position yes. by position. <laughs> there are, Give yeah. me um, – how about Amon Green? Amon Green. Oh, All right, the door's Tim. open. Tim, and there's, okay. there's one, two, three, four, five, six guys still left. You only need one. You only need one of those six. All right. Well, this is this is excruciating because there's a number of guys I want to guess, but I'll throw one out there who I think is on it. Uh, how about Dave Remington? How about Dave Remington? Bingo. Yeah. He was a member of the first class 
that when they announced 22 people, this was back in 2015 is when this Hall of Fame launched. They announced 22. Dave was the only football player in that first class. Who Tim with a steal. Tim. Um, Let's go. Bob Brown, whose jersey's okay, was, been retired. Well, Rich Glover. I, Bob Brown was my next guess, and then Josh said the recent thing, and then I got sidetracked. Rich Glover. Mm-hmm. Ed Weir, who was also a oh, track yeah. star at Nebraska, played football and track. Grant Wistrom. Sam Francis, who was like Ed Weir, a combo athlete at Nebraska. Those were the other ones. Gotcha. Okay. There you go. Yeah, way to go, Tim. Just be glad we didn't make you name all ten of them. We just did six right. ten. <laughs> all right, in a, a in a similar vein, but a, definitely a different category. Name six of the eight teams that Ryan Fitzpatrick has played for in the NFL. Ben. Ten, oh, jeez, <laughs> I was just right there. I should have just buzzed it. Ben, ben. the Buffalo no. Bills. Show me the Buffalo Bills. Just I'm like you have the first one. two, you've uh, you're out out to a strong start. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> Show me the Bucks. The New York Jets. Show me the Jets. J E T S. Um. Let's see. That's you've got three of the six that you need. There's eight total, but just need six uh, of them. The Dolphins, Miami Dolphins. How about the Miami Dolphins? Yeah, that's the team he plays for right now. I believe he was with this team for a short time. How about the Tennessee Titans? How about the Tennessee Titans? They're rattling them off. Wow. Cool. I don't remember that. So you've got five. You have zero strikes. You just need one more. And there's three, three left that you can pick from. You said he was with the Dolphins, but isn't he wish with Washington? I'm going to say the Washington yeah, well, football team. Okay, yeah. I should have said that more clearly in the question. I, I'm going to give – this is a, a Tim from last week. I should have said in the question before <laughs> before this, before Washington. So, so Washington I'll give you a pass. Count? Yes, Washington should have been in the uh, question Ooh. as not being on there. Okay. Commissioner Brett, you okay with this ruling? <laughs> I mean, I'm not. Yep. I'm not okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, says Brett. Okay. What are the ones that I've, I've heard throw across? You have said the Bills, correct. Titans, Jets, Bucks, and Dolphins. Uh, the Texans. Show me the Houston Texans. Wow. Beat the category. Amazing. So the two that. I have no idea on the others. I was going to say the two that are. Bengals, maybe? Yeah, the Bengals and the Rams are who he started his I career I would not have with. gotten the Rams correct. Holy cow. Journeyman. All right. So Is ben, Tim's. Is Tim's buzzer working? Yeah, you got to get. <laughs> I was. I beat me by like a half second there. You did, he's just getting warmed up. He's getting warmed Let up. Ben, all right. take the big ones off there. And yeah. all right, just be on your all game right. here. Okay. Ben. Three films hold the record for winning the most Academy Awards with eleven. Name them. What? Tim. <laughs> Tim. Tim. This is a sports question? Yes. Okay, three three films hold with 11. Okay, I want to say one of them would have to be Gone with the Wind. Show me Gone with the Wind. Oh, oh that's the box office success. It's off to Ben. <laughs> Repeat the question, please. <laughs> three, three films hold the record for winning the most Academy Awards with 11 wins. Titanic. Give me Titanic. That's a good guess. Yeah, 1997. I'm playing. So ben, I got to get more. You have to play, here. yeah. 
Oh, I have to play. You yeah. have to play. Oh. How about Pearl Harbor? Oh, good one. Pearl Harbor. If I hear good one, I know it's incorrect. Right. All right, so one strike. Um, Forrest Gump. How about Forrest Gump? It did win a handful of Academy Awards. It didn't get to 11. I don't even know how far back Academy Awards go. Well, I think they're back into the 40s. Yeah, I can't remember. They always say the year or how many years it's been going, but I have no idea. Did Brett know this category? Oh, oh yeah, he's I, all over it. I have an idea. He doesn't. Um, yeah, he doesn't see the answers. He's a oh, he's just okay. a observer. <laughs> Sheesh. Ben's got two strikes. Yes. One one question and or one answer of the three down. Yep. The Wizard of Oz. Give me the Wizard of Oz. All right, Tim. Good steal. Okay. It. I got to recover after that terrible first guess. So, what do you mean? Gone of the Wind wasn't that oh, terrible. Oh, I thought it wasn't was, a bad I guess. I think it was just because it's more of a, a, a commercial success. Sure. It was, but okay, so th- this was the movie that swept like virtually every category from just a handful of years ago. I don't know if it's right, but I just remember them hauling in a lot of Oscars, and I'd be mad at myself if I didn't guess. So give me Mad Max Fury Road. Hmm. Mad Max Fury Road. Dang it! How many did they win? Yep. They won a bunch. The other two answers, Ben-Hur in 1959, mm. that was an outlier, and Lord of the Rings in 2003. Return of the King. Yeah. Of the King. No yeah. shot I got either of those movies in 50 guesses. No. Mm. You got Titanic, though. You got Titanic, yeah. That was and you win the category. You're up 3-1. Up 3-1. Put the pistols in the holsters, boys. <laughs> All right. I think they won like 10. Who did? I think I, thought, the, I think Fury Road Mad might Max Fury Road. Tim, if you don't know, we tatered that question for you, and you didn't get it. That's <laughs> all right. I but, know you did, but you stole you stole the other one earlier, so you're you're good. All right, uh, Ben up three one though. As we go to question number five, this one with baseball. Uh, name the Major League Baseball pitchers with the lowest single season ERA since 1950. Tim. Tim. <laughs> Okay, very tentatively buzzed in there. So the low, lowest single-season ERA since 1950. Yes. Looking uh, for pitchers. Give me Sandy Koufax. Show me Sandy Koufax. Really good guess. Oh, He's, Tim, I even let you buzz in first. I was waiting for you to buzz in. I just, that's what I do. I was waiting for you to I buzz steal. in. <laughs> uh, so no Sandy Koufax. Roger geez. Clemens. Show me Roger Clemens. We're asking this question because of DeGrom's yes. amazing run right now. You guys can give a couple more guesses, and then I'll start giving so clues. This might be tough. Do I get a guess now? Yeah, you get a guess. Yeah. Back to you, Tim. Okay. Um, and if you get it right, you have to play. Okay, I know this is wrong, but I just want to throw it out there. Well, what about Tim Lincecum? Show me Tim Lincecum. Big time Timmy Jim. What an awesome oh. guess by you, just because of the yeah. name correlation. Nolan Ryan. <laughs> Show me Nolan Ryan. Whoa. Nice. Okay. All right. I have one more guess after this, and then you can give us yeah. one. The thing that's throwing me off is since 1950, so it goes. There's right. so many to choose from. You've already thrown some great names out there. So if I want well, to go. Yeah. You guys can each have a guess, and then I'll give a clue that might help. <sighs> okay, let's try. 
This is rough. I, I'm, I'm just trying to pick out, do I want to go recent or do I want to go I mean, there's a mix away? of, there's a mix. It's the 1950s. I mean, you guys have heard of all these guys, Yes, too. it's not like oh, there's... Yeah. I, I have a lot of guesses. I mean, it's just... I mean, The Rocket and Nolan Ryan, I felt like... Were yeah, I mean, those were good guesses. guesses, for sure. And Sandy Colfax is a really, really good guess. He had some great years of low ERA. I mean, yeah, I don't, I'm don't. i kind of stunned I didn't get that. Um, what about Randy Johnson? Show me Randy Johnson. Oh. All right, Ben, uh, All right. you give a guess, and then I'll give a clue. Greg Maddox... Show me Greg Maddox. Yes. Okay. His, uh, he's number three in that time frame. He had a 1.55 in 1994. Oh, 1.55 is what we're dealing with. And that's, so that's, yeah, that's number three. So there's two that have a better lower ERA than him and one than two that are on the other side, a little bit lower. Okay. Um, and since you got it right, I guess I won't give my clue unless you want it for equal for both of you. I don't want Tim to complain, so we're going to uh, we're going to not do that. Um, let's see. I don't know why this name popped in my head immediately, but it did, and it's really random. Cliff Lee, show me Cliff Lee. All right, so that's one strike then. Okay. I don't know if you can answer this question, but assuming these guys are all starters or are these just qualifying pitchers? They, yeah, they're, they are all starters, but they did have to qualify within the season that they pitched. Okay. With the number of innings. So, yeah. Which, so that, yeah, normally. They're right, all starters. Yeah, they're all yeah. starters, but they did have to pitch a certain number of innings. Um, Bob Gibson. Show me Bob Gibson. He's number one, and uh, his was 1.12 in 1968, a big reason why the mound was lowered the following season. So you've got two now and one strike, three left. Oh, boy, 1950. These, the next three, I would say, are a little bit more difficult, but there are reasons for you to guess at least one of them, I would say. Okay. It's, it's got to be somebody recent. I'm trying to think. Who had the best ERA last year? I'll give a clue. This one, I don't know if this will help at all, but these are the, ne the last three are from three different eras completely. Okay. Well, let's just go Jacob deGrom. Show me Jacob deGrom. Good guess. I feel like it has to be somebody from last year because they didn't play as many games. Give me Shane Bieber. Is Shane Bieber on the list? He is. Jeez. He's a number five with a 1.62 ERA. I was a little bit surprised to see him there that they let that count, but he did qualify again within the amount of games that were pitched last year. So there is an asterisk next to him, but still on the list. So you've got two left and you have two strikes. I'm running out of names. I'll, get, I'll um, give another hint here. The two that are left are both right-handers. There you go. Okay. Right-handers. How about 
Man, I don't think he was good enough. Um, Kurt Schilling? How about Kurt Schilling? Oh. All right, that opens up the door for Tim. Okay. Tim, you need this one. Oh boy, I've got two. I've got two guys. All right, tell us who you got. Go with. And what if it's both of them? Then we'll give you a bonus point. Okay. Uh, show me Tom Seaver. Is Tom Seaver on the list for the steal? Dang it. That's a great guess. That is a great guess. That was really good, especially with the clues that we gave. What was your other guess? Uh, I was going to guess Pedro Martinez. Another really good guess. Yeah, so the other, the other two are Dwight Gooden in 1985, had a 1.52. He's second on the list. Wouldn't have got that. And then number four, same year as Bob Gibson, Louis Tiant with the Red Sox. He had oh, a 1.60. Yeah. And that's, I feel like that was probably the one name that was a little bit more obscure, but still somebody that you would have at least heard of, maybe not guessed. I've heard though. of him, yeah. So, Ben, you get the 4-1 four, four, victory. One. And by the way, I feel like we should have said this at the outset. The, the Ben-Austin matchup is still in progress, tied 1-1, but we moved... Austin is on his gone. honeymoon. Yeah, he's he's long gone. He's coming back next week, though, and we will resume that matchup next week. But we knew what the people wanted, and we decided to give it to him this week. So appreciate Tim for uh, giving the people what they wanted. <laughs> thought you'd get the movie Tim. thing. I yeah. thought he would get the uh, well, movie thing. Uh, I hate the Academy Awards, so that was uh, man. poor. Why? <laughs> poor choice. Because it's a, it's a bland spectacle. I don't know. It's just not... It's not a very good way to judge artistic merit. Not that we have to go down that road, but it okay. is what it is. I have to just bow out. Fair enough. Tail tucked between my legs. and I'm a little bummed you got a point on me, to be honest. I was yeah. proud of that. I remember, the, the, uh, I remember Remington. Yeah. I remember when that was announced. Good work. Yeah. So we're both unhappy. <laughs> uh. This is true. Nothing good on TV anymore? Struggling to find something to watch? There's no crying in baseball! Well, we've got you covered. I'm gonna make him an offer he can with you. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. It's time now for Sports Nightly Flicks Picks. And action! All right, let's see what's been on everybody's screens. Ben, we'll start with you. We are uh, just about done with the second season of The Circle. Not, it's not gone how I'd hoped. A lot of the contestants that I liked have gotten the boot. So kind of like Survivor, Josh, when your favorite player gets voted mm. out and they're on the wrong side of the alliance and it's just yep. episode after episode of heartbreak. Yep. It's kind of where I'm at right now in that show. Okay. <clears throat> um, but big news for Hulu owners, Yellowstone is now on Hulu. Whoa. And I've been recommended by I can't tell you how many people – I need to watch Yellowstone, and so. So you've seen? Did you see? Did you tell me you saw the the the, the series premiere? I am. I saw the opening scene of the first show, and then uh, the baby started crying. So, I, I'm going to start from scratch. I think I got about ten minutes in um, when I had to stop. So I'll start over. You know, yes, I'll rewatch the opening scene. Yeah, there you go. And uh, and then I'll start. Then I'll start diving in. You know, he's a really big Yellowstone fan. John Who's Cook. That? Is he? That yeah, doesn't yeah. shock me. So is Bill Moose. I am too. And yeah, it starts here this next weekend. Ben, let me ask you this before we move on to Josh. How much, if any, of the Supers are you going to watch this weekend? Oh, I'm going to watch as much. I'll, I'll watch a ton Will of you? it. Yeah. Okay. I, and it, normally, I'm really bitter about this stuff, and I'll like 
boycott it, but I just <laughs> college baseball is just something I can't do that to. You know, like yeah. even when the Oklahoma State bounced Nebraska in 2019, I still had to know how that regional finished. Like I just had to. And uh, let's just say I'm going to be rolling around here with uh, making wolf noises, howling, howling around anytime the Wolf Pack do anything. Anything good this weekend? <laughs> okay. Nice. All right, Josh. All right. Uh, still working way through Scrubs and Survivor, but something that was mentioned in uh, in Face Off, Greg, the question about the Oscar winners, you know, that, that yep. whole thing, it made me think of a, a movie that we watched. This had to be like two or three months ago that never made it on Flix Picks, but it was La La Land. And, of course, that, you know, back – in the oh, day yeah. when it, it had that whole gaff where they had, they announced it as best picture but it wasn't it was not the one that won it even though uh, it was announced as that so uh, I don't remember much about it it has Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone in it and it's kind of you know it's a musical sure there's parts of it that I you know thought were pretty good but overall I you know it's not really my cup of tea but it's not the worst thing I've ever seen either. So, you know, another movie that we saw here about three months ago that I didn't do on Flix Picks, but it was Crazy Rich Asians. Hmm. Pretty good rom com. Uh, you know, it was pretty. It was pretty ballyhooed too. It got a lot of great reviews and not bad. It's worth your time. I think it's even made its way to cable TV. Yeah, now, watched so that a couple of years ago. I think too. Did you? It's yeah. okay. Yeah, it's not yeah. too bad. But that's not what my flick pick is for the night. I have dug into it. I'm late to the game, as I usually am on a lot of these things. But I am into Ted Lasso. Here's a preview. Oi, mate, this is you. I believe it is. Wicked. You coaching football. You are a legend for doing something so stupid. I mean, it's mental. They're going to murder you. This is a bit of news from the other side of the Atlantic. AFC Richmond announced the hiring of their new manager, American football coach Ted Lasso. You're an American who's now in charge of a football club, despite possessing very little knowledge of the game. I know that AFC Richmond is going to give you everything they got, win or lose. All tie. Right, y'all do ties here. Did you see that? He must be from England, yeah. Wales, that another country? Yes and no. How many countries are in this country? Four. <laughs> Jason Sudeikis is Ted Lasso. He was an American football coach who led the Wichita State Shockers mm-hmm. to a Division II national championship, and he gets hired... Uh, by this bitter owner uh, of a of a Euro League team, she's getting divorced. She got the team in the divorce, and so she's trying to run it in the ground. So she hires Jason Sudeikis. I'm two episodes into season one. It's really funny. So I'm a fifth of the way through it. I can't, but, but then baseball took me away last week, so I can't wait to get back into it. But nice. Ted Lasso, pretty good. What you is guys that? Would all like it? It's on Apple TV. Uh, Apple, right? Apple yeah. TV. Yep. And so their season two is dropping in here in about a month. They've already shot season two. But Apple TV has has it, and, man, it is funny, funny stuff. So nice. you sports fans, there you go. 